Hey everyone, welcome back to the Double Click Podcast. This week, we talk about being on the threshold of redemption. Alright, so we're diving in, back into the topic of redemption this week. And as we've talked about the last few weeks, what we're going through is kind of the process that the individual experiences on the road or path to redemption. And we're still on the pre-point of redemption side of the conversation, mm-hmm. which I don't know if redemption's a point. We'll talk about that next week because we'll be right there to right right there at the transition point. But we're right up to that point, that mark, whatever you want to call it right now, of redemption. And where we started was we first started with desire and that you have to desire redemption. Like you have to actually want it, be aware of it, know that that's something you want. You want to be redeemed more than you want to stay in sin. Mm-hmm. Then you have to move to more of an action, and which is obedience. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that last week on the podcast. And now we're at the threshold. And and here's the only way I can kind of articulate this. I think it's something I've experienced um, both personally and then years of ministry observing people on their, their spiritual walk, on their walk with God, is I think there's a point we get to a lot of times that's like a nervous point. It's a point where it, it's the most abrasive. So it's like you know exactly what you need to do. You know the action you need to take to dive in, to be obedient in the, in the, in the redemption process. Mm-hmm. But you're right there, and it's the abrasive point before you like take the leap, mm-hmm. before you open up, before you have the conversation, mm-hmm. before you uh, confess to somebody. Mm-hmm. Before it's just, it's just right there. Because I think if we go back and we start to really talk about the aspect of redemption that's on us, those action steps, that that obedience point, um, we really can boil those down to a few simple things most of the time. And when we look at that, that's like when we talk about in the church. Like if you go to any church and they're talking to you about how do you move forward in your faith? How do you grow deeper? How do you dive in more? Like the first thing we're going to talk about that, that you and me talk about all the time is your daily time with God. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's an absolute, that's a must. That's really... And I think we'll get into this a little bit more. I think that's really the point here where um, it makes that threshold easier and more organic to pass to pass through than just a uh, friction point you've got to take a leap on. Yeah. And we'll dive into that. But I also think the other things we talk about is like you need other believers in your life. So when you hear people talk about discipleship, community, groups, Bible studies. Those are the points. And I will, I will throw a little bit of a caveat in there. It's like we're not talking about an environment where you go, you hear spiritual facts, and you can't engage. We're talking about really walking through life together, mm-hmm. really talking about what's going on. Uh, we talk about the importance of attending a worship service, and we also talk about the importance of serving alongside other believers, like going and reaching the world for Jesus. And so those are the things that really we all know are the steps and the actions we need to take. But it's really interesting when you do like the 10,000-foot view of the church and of its people is those are also the points where we hang up the most. Not like hang up, but we, we pause, we stop, we get to that threshold. And it's almost like we go, ah, I just can't do that. Yeah, you know, it makes me think uh, of the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where he's going after the mm-hmm. Holy Grail, I believe. Yeah, I'm straight correct. scripture, just kidding. Yeah, no, not not at all. But this is an illustration. <laughs> no, it's good. Though. And uh, yeah, you won't find this in the book of Indy or anything like that. Uh, so anyway, he gets to this, he's, he's going through these caves or whatever, and he gets to this point where he's on the, the edge of a cliff, and he's got to step off. And what it looks like is 
he's going to fall to his death because it's just that 100 feet, 1,000 feet or whatever of just falling to the bottom of this this cave. Yeah. Well, he he feels compelled. You know, he's he's got to move forward. So he takes some sand and he throws it in front of him and he realizes, oh, it's an optical illusion. Or, or no, he steps down and he, he's like, oh, man, this is an optical illusion. There's actually a bridge here. All that rambling to say, I think we we're faced with those points where we have what looks like, oh man, I've just got to step out in faith. I've got to take this next step. But we are clinging to the side of that that rock face, going, I don't want to do this. I don't I don't want to move forward because I'm not sure what's going to happen on the other side of that moving forward. But as he steps off, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, there is a there's a bridge there. There's an optical illusion bridge, and he's able to get and you know continue on his mission. And so, all that to say. I think we oftentimes find ourselves at that point where we are, I don't, I'm not ready to move forward, but it requires us taking that breath, trusting the Lord, stepping off, and seeing what's next. Yeah, and I think that's where, on the outside looking in, like, like, and even, and really where I see this, the most common point is two to three weeks into a deep Bible study. Mm-hmm. And when I say deep, I mean personally deep. Like, you're really examining alongside other believers what your walk with God is is you'll get to the point where people are getting ready to 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 have to like if they're going if they're going to stay in the group they're going to have to open up it's going to have to get real and you'll see people just kind of sit there on the edge mm-hmm. personally and spiritually and they just are like no I can't do this yeah. and it's really really an interesting phenomenon and so we kind of like made up this term for it like you're on the threshold of redemption right mm-hmm. there like you're on the threshold of taking a step in your faith um and when we say that we mean that in the sanctification sense of redemption, not in the big picture redemption of, of di- Jesus dying across for our sins. We mean it in you taking steps in your faith. And so as we were sitting here processing this and going, okay, so what helps us? Because I've been there too. Like I've been there too. Like the, in the example we were joking about earlier is like me and singing. Like, like I despise the thought of me having to stand in front of another human being and sing so much so that I don't, I don't even sing in the car. Like I, I don't sing by myself. I don't do it. Justin's a worship leader. So this is really fun. So to he's going to take a leap on this podcast and hum a few bars. For no, us. no, that would be disastrous. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and say that is not my gift. I don't, this, this isn't like a big spiritual. I'll work on it. Everybody. Point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good luck, buddy. Um, <laughs> but I mean, and that's my mindset about it too. It's like, like, you know, like last week we talked about relational deal breakers. Mm-hmm. If you pester me to sing, that might be one of my relational deal breakers. That might be it. Like, no, nah, that's, mm, how, nah, I get, we're that's good. how I get rid of you. That's though. how you get rid of me. <laughs> but in my head, there is this thing, and you have them too. And like, if we're talking about them on a lighter sense, like a non-spiritual sense, you have certain things that are just like, nah, yeah, like I ain't doing that. Not, not going I'm there. Not stepping there. Yeah. But I think when we put those things and they come to a spiritual point, you know, and we and we have those, and the word that we used really what it comes down to, it's. It's pride, right? Yeah. It, it's And I kept saying, you know, as we were talking about this before, it feels like an embarrassment. Yeah. I think we, we boiled down to, we went through, well, it feels this way or it feels that way. And, and like you mentioned, man, if I don't do this, I don't, I don't sing because I might be embarrassed. And everything kind of came to a head at pride. Like, yeah. Because we're worried yeah. about us. We, we were putting us at the center of it. It was interesting because when I was in seminary um, in one of my, my theology classes, we got to the the theology of sin or, or brokenness, man, whatever. And one of the conversations that came up is that certain theologians debate what the root sin is. 
like what the what the core sin is that is that is relative to all the other sins, like mm-hmm. everything that's sinful that's within our lives. And one of them, like because idolatry was up there, but one of the ones that really stuck out to me was pride. Mm-hmm. It's it's our desire to be in control, have things our way, know want the world to revolve around us, self-centeredness, whatever you want to call it. And you can, once again, you want to, you want to write a theological paper. You can make an argument, well, that's actually self-idolatry, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But when you really start to think about it and break it down, the reason we don't step into a room with other believers and open up about our spiritual lives is a fear that they're going to see how deep we are, how, how not deep we are in our mm-hmm. walk. It's the fear that if we admit we need to change something and we make that change and the people go, Hey, why are you doing this differently? Then there's that. And, and, and it goes back to that word embarrassment. And so it's a real funny line yeah. on the way it feels. Yeah. And I'll, this is, this might be a little off, off course, but I'm going to flip the script there a little bit because you said we're afraid to, to, that people will see how not deep we are in our relationship. So we don't go there. I think that is true. I think also the reverse of that is true that people can, often be the first to talk and to share because they want you to see how deep they think they are in their relationship. That is also pride. So pride can keep us from it, but pride can also go, Hey, you know what? I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest on me sharing some, some light spiritual things just so it seems like I'm super deep with the Lord. Or maybe, you know, every quarter I'll share one kind of deep spiritual truth bomb, but both, both sides of that can be danger sides that pride can get in the way if we are, uh, staying away from those relationships, but also if we are thinking our contributions are what you know redeem people, or, or you know the, that's what mm. that's what people need to hear is what what I what I've got to say. No, actually, they need to hear what the Lord's got to say. So yeah. both of those can be danger of of pride in your they can. life. Can and and talking about that, like I, you're saying that, and I'm like self processing. Okay, like <laughs> here Matt's failures. When I'm spiritually intimidated by a room, I'll talk first. Like that mm. just hit me. Is what I'll do is I'll try and check the box so that they don't really know mm. that like I'm 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 a spiritual amateur, right? Mm. Like compared to everybody else in the room. And so I'll just I'll just get the ball rolling. And then it's like okay, like or or you know, real confession here. Uh, when I'm with with a group of people, we're gonna pray, and I'm looking around the room and I am just intimidated. And this is where that embarrassment pride thing comes in. Is there's rooms where I'll talk up because they need to know my experience, mm-hmm. right? The ego. But then there's rooms where I'll talk up first to hide it. Mm-hmm. And one thing that, especially in the group setting, um, you talk about that embarrassment pride line. Maybe we can dive into that one a little more because I feel like I need to explain it. But I've also experienced times where people will use as a guard talk, asking you questions. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been times where I've been going, hey, I really want to get to know this guy. And we'll go out to lunch. We'll begin to talk. And I'll leave lunch and I'll go, wait. He asked all the questions. He didn't answer any of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we'll use that as a defensive just to kind of keep people at a distance as well because embarrassment slash pride, we don't want to open up. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't want the deep dive. We don't want to cross the threshold relationally in that sense. Yeah, and it goes back to what we've talked about before on this podcast, whether it's you call it pride or embarrassment, it's really a vulnerability. It's a it's a unwillingness mm. to be vulnerable because... Because what is embarrassment? Oh, man, I put myself out there and it didn't go the way that I thought it should go. They didn't respond. I was vulnerable. And now they think I'm ridiculous, right? So it's it's a it's a vulnerability. It's a genuineness. It's an authenticity that we're afraid to give hmm. because we don't want to be wrecked and hurt 
at, at the end of it. And so we don't go there. And I think in our walk with the Lord, hey, God, I'll give you this. Okay, you can have this part of me. You can have this part of my life. Uh-oh, hit the brakes. You've, you've, I'm on the, the edge of that cliff, right? I'm, I'm ready to take, you're asking me to take this leap. I don't know that I can do that because I, I don't, you might, you might wreck my life. You might do something that I don't Man, that, really want to do. That word, I think you just wrecked the conversation because vulnerability is key, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's it on both sides. If you're not vulnerable because you're worried about being embarrassed, or you're too prideful to be vulnerable. I can't say that word, by the way. So I'm going to butcher this word the rest of it. You know what I mean. But I think that's it. And I mean, that's one of those I sit there and like, let's, so let's make this an action step question. In your walk is, who are you vulnerable with? Mm-hmm. And then you can take put it in a you and God conversation. It's like, so God already knows everything. We know that. But in our conversations with him, how honest and open and vulnerable are we before him? Right. And vulnerability can peel back to surrender, right? Yeah. Which we talked about. And, you know, you see the old bumper sticker, God is my co-pilot. Well, that sounds good, but he needs to be your pilot, right? If you are, if you if you mm. don't have the vulnerability, if he's your co-pilot, then it's like, eh, I don't like the direction we're going, God. Let me uh, grab the steering wheel and, and I'm going to turn hard left here. And so the vulnerability, the surrender allows us to open hand and go, God, take my life, take whatever's next. And we've talked about this before, obedience over outcomes, and I think when we find ourselves in these places, we are focused, whether it's through because of pride or a lack of vulnerability or whatever, our agenda, our focus is now the outcome over the obedience. We're mm-hmm. going, oh man, I don't know how this is yeah. going to end, or that didn't end well last time, or this didn't end well this time. We are focused, we're laser focused on that outcome when we need to be surrendered and vulnerable and going, God, my, my goal is obedience here, not... Not whatever comes after that obedience, that outcome. It's just obedience, and I'm trusting you. I'm being vulnerable to trust you yeah. with that outcome. And I think when we are focused on the outcome, we're really focused on the selfish outcome. Sure. Because when we say that word outcome, when we look at the outcome, there's a lot of times I can spin that mm-hmm. and be like, well, I just want to make sure that spiritually I'm not yeah. pushing them off. Da, da, da. In, in reality, I don't want to be the one that was the bad guy or... right the moron or whatever. And so I think when we say that word outcome in our heads, uh, we're very well versed yeah. at trying to make it sound like a noble concern yes. for the outcome in our own minds. Yes. But the reality is it's us. Like we're, we're in that moment. We're more worried about what are they going to think of me mm-hmm. than we are about, are they going to grow closer to God? Yeah. And that they can be one person global. Yeah. It can be the, the miss. Most of the time when you say they, it's, one person made a comment, and so now I feel like there's this audience <laughs> right. of 200 watching right. and judging me, right? Yeah, I think with, with outcome, our main outcome should just be obedience to the Lord. That's His job to deal with the outcome of what happens from our obedience, if that makes sense. And now we're going to talk about trust. Is that where you want to go with this, or is that too deep? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, Let's go. No, but I think— I'm free uh, to sing. Stop it. Just I don't I don't have that level of trust within my own vocal abilities to you. not embarrass it's, myself right maybe, now. Maybe next time. Okay, thank you. Wonderful. Uh, the Bible says make a joyful noise to the Lord, and he didn't give me that gift, so I learned to play musical instruments. All right, I would enjoy down. it. Yeah, yeah, for all the wrong reasons. Okay, moving on. Um, also, just so you know, before you email in, I will not sing on this podcast. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Anyway, um, so as we kind of move forward in this conversation, one of the questions we wanted to get to at the end was, is how do you make crossing that threshold, 
happen? Like, is there anything you can do to make it when you cross that redemption threshold, when you take the leap, what, however you want to verbalize it? And really, as we were processing, we kind of realized if you're at that threshold and your focus is on crossing that threshold, and that's the only thing. It's like I'm, if you focus on either there's no way I'm going to do that or I need to do that, but I just can't. Like, I think we got to back up further because the moments in my life where I've crossed the threshold, one of two things have happened. God has drugged me across the threshold. Like he said, okay, you're not going to take this step. So I'm going to like, life is going to happen and you're going to have to, you're going to have to deal with it. And we see that, that all the time, like God changes life circumstances. Um, the sad version, the consequences of sin surface, Mm. And you've got to deal with it, and that drags you across the threshold. You know, that's what God uses. The other one where that happens is when we are pursuing God, we naturally cross the thresholds. Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden, we start to focus on that obedience versus the outcome. And so, like, if you back up, and we'll go with this simple one we've used. It's like you're in a room with a group of people, and it's starting to get really quality on the vulnerability and the sharing, and you're just like, whoa. I'm not there. Well, if you've been spending time with God, if you've been growing closer to Him, all of a sudden that rolls out a lot more naturally, and you end up having crossed that threshold, looking back, going like, "Oh, I, I shared that. Yeah, I made it over that." And so I think one of the biggest keys goes back to those those big four things we talked about. It's your time with God. It's your regular attendance with worship, hearing God's word preached, worshiping side of the believers. It's your group community involvement, and it's your partnering with other believers to reach mm-hmm. non-believers. And so if if you're doing those things and really we like if we we just hone on on the time with God. Yeah. Then all those thresholds become less intimidating and you end up just crossing them. Yeah. Like you just do. Yeah, I think every threshold I don't want to just blanket say this, but I I think in my life I can blanket make a blanket statement here. That God God has been the one that's taken me past that threshold. I cannot give myself any mm. credit for going. Well, I was strong enough to get through it, or I was strong enough to to take that leap. No, it's God within my life and in my heart took me past that threshold. But to your point, Matt, that's always been in a place where um, my life has been in a place of surrender and right relationship with Him, I've been abiding in Him. If I'm not in that place of surrender, right relationship, and abiding, yeah. then it becomes very hard for me to trust Him and be vulnerable with Him for Him to do that work in me to take me across that threshold. But if I'm focused on just growing and deepening my relationship with Him, abiding in Him, being right with Him, then when those moments come, those Indiana Jones step-off-the-cliff moments those have been the moments that I've been able to go, you know what, God, you're in control. You've got me. I'm worried more about the obedience than the outcome of this event. Yeah. I'm going to trust you because we've been connected and I'm going and I, and we jump off and go. And so I think for me, again, God's always been the one that, to take me through that moment. Absolutely. And I really do think that's, that, that that's a good word to end on because I think, you know, especially like one of mine, I can overprocess. Because I can, I can talk about the truth of God side of things, and then I can talk about the way it kind of feels, the human experience mm-hmm. side to us. But I think that's just it. God is the one that brings you through those thresholds. I think my fear is I don't want you to hear that and think, oh, then I, ain't, I don't have to do anything. 
Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because that's not it. Because you're supposed to be being obedient and pursuing Him. Yes. That's an absolute. Well, we thank you for listening. We hope this was helpful. We hope this helped you just dive in deeper, just as you're driving down the road as you're exercising or whatever, you're listening to this. We just hope it jogs your mind to continue to dwell on the things of God, to continue to pursue Him. And once again, if you want to reach out to us, it's matt at richfork.com, justin at richfork.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.